Welcome aboard the USS Little Hero NCC 73117. I'm Captain William. And I'm Commander Vicky. And if you will step right this way, historians, we will go to Hotel Deck 3, where you will learn the next step in the history of Starfleet with the NCC 1701 Enterprise and the adventures of Captain Kirk and his, his faithful crew. Vicky, can you take us to the coordinates where we're supposed to be for this? Aye, aye, Captain. Are you ready for today's episode? 
Okay. Janus 6, let's see if I saw it up, I do. Um, in 2293, the location of Janus 6 is in the Milky Way galaxy, was labeled in a star chart, the Explorer Galaxy, which was displayed on the Captain James T. Kirk's quarters aboard the USS Enterprise A, Star Trek 6, The Undiscovered Country. Um, it is... Um, the sixth inhabited planet of the star system in the Alpha Quadrant, and was homeworld to an intelligent Horta, a non-humanoid species. And yes, I said the name of the creature. It is a Horta. A Horta. Um, it also says here, in 2367, the location of Janus 6 was labeled on a tactical situation monitor in Captain Benjamin Maxwell's ready room on the USS Phoenix. TNG. In 2371, the location of Janus 6 was labeled on a star chart in Data and Picard that Data and Picard were studying in a stellar cartography aboard the USS Enterprise D. In 2366, in an alternative timeline during the Federation Klingon War, the location of Janus 6 was labeled on a tactical station monitor in the ready room aboard the USS Enterprise D. Now, I didn't know that because I never really noticed it. Who's that? Jerry Lee, Sam. All quiet. You didn't see a thing. But he ever does. Whatever the thing is, it's already killed 50 people. So 50 people are dead. Realized before how right. by the Horta. Doctor is down here. Then you tell Schmitter. Keep your phaser in your hand at all times. What good will that do? You saw what happened to Ed Appel when he took a shot at the thing. How about all those other people before the monster got him? I'm sorry, Schmitter. I know how you feel, but we've got to have guards. Okay, Chief. I'll do what I can. Keep alert. If you hear anything or see anything, call in. Somebody can be here in three minutes. That can happen in three minutes. True. Chief, is it true the Enterprise is on its way? It's coming. Think it could get here in the next four hours? You'll be all right. He'll be all right. You'll be all right. That's what you say.
So he technically was, but not in the way you think. So McCoy's going to tell you what he got burned by. Gotcha. But there was only like fragments of bone, teeth, and hair left. Right. So it wasn't like burning in the traditional sense of on fire. Right. Captain's log, stardate 3196.1. A distress call from the Phrygian production station on Janus 6 has brought the Enterprise to that long-established colony. Mr. Spock, Dr. McCoy, and I have beamed down to meet with Chief Engineer Vanderberg, administrative head of Janus 6. Let's assume there is a monster. What has it done? When did it start? About three months ago, we opened up a new level. Sensors gave us an unusually rich Pergeum reading. Not only Pergeum, whatever you want. Uranium, cerium, platinum. The whole planet's like that. It's a treasure house. Yes, we're aware of that. If mining conditions weren't so difficult, Janus 6 could supply the mineral needs of a thousand planets. But what happened? First, the automatic machinery, piece by piece, started to almost disintegrate. Metal began dissolving away. There was no reason for it, and our chemists were unable to analyze the corrosive agent. I'm sure there is an answer. It simply has not yet been discovered. Yes, it has. I don't know what this butchering monster is, but I know what it's doing. Our maintenance engineers sent down to the drifts to repair the corroded machinery. We found them, seared to a crisp. Volcanic activity? There is no current volcanic activity on this planet, Captain. He's right, none. At first, the deaths were down deep. They've been moving up toward our levels. The last man died two days ago, three levels below this. Same way, Burn. I'd like to examine the body. We kept it for you. There isn't much left. Roberts will show you. It isn't pretty. You post centuries, guards? Of course, five of them have died. Who else has seen this? I have. This is Ed Appel, chief processing engineer. So I did fall down on the job there. So Pergeum was an element used in Pergeum reactors on which at least a dozen worlds depended on their energy. Pergeum was used to power in 23rd century nuclear reactors such as the PKX, or PXK. One key source of Pergeum for the United Federation of Planets was Janus 6, where in 2267 it was mined by the Federation colony in conjunction with the Horta. Pergeum was considerably rare in the Delta Quadrant, uh, it says, as well. So it was used to help power the reactors. For life support, power, all that. Right. Yeah. Describe it. I can't. I only got a glimpse of it. But it's big and shaggy. Ed shot it. Oh. You mean shot at it? No, I mean shot it. With this. Fascinating. With but a good clean shot. Pistol. Or, Didn't well, even slow it down. 
Well, I've made my report for you. Induction is stopped and nobody will go into the lower levels, and I don't blame them. Federation wants for GM, then you're going to have to do something about it. That's why we're here, Mr. Vandenberg. You're all pretty tough, aren't you? Starship, phaser banks. Well, you can't get your starship down into the tunnels. Well, I don't think there'll be any need to, Mr. Appel. Mr. Vandenberg, I'll need a complete subsurface chart of all the drifts, galleries, tunnels. You'll get it. Mr. Vandenberg, what is this? A silicon nodule. There are a million of them down there. No commercial value. But the geological oddity, to say the least. Pure silicon. A few trace elements. Look, we didn't call you here so you could collect rocks. Thank you, Mr. Vandenberg. We'll need your complete cooperation. You'll have it. Just find that creature, whatever it is. I've got a quota to meet. Come on up, help me. Mr. Vandenberg is kind of... Fast number of tunnels. is like to make our hunting in Rizzio. He's in this Better big profit. I'm not the usual. People have been dying under his watch. Right. Well, they're only fragments. So I quite understand why he is frustrated. Right. Bone and teeth left. But the plant's physician agrees with me. A chemical corrosion. Almost Died as if he'd been thrown into corrosion. a vat of extremely corrosive. Yes, it was a chemical corrosion. It wasn't uh, burning with fire. Right. It's a acid. Strong enough to eat machinery? Strong enough to eat anything else the way you can think of. Fine. I've charted the position of the deaths and the acts of sabotage. Here, here, and here. If the times of these incidents are to be accepted as accurate, the creature would have to have moved at an incredible rate of speed. Mm -hmm. Mr. Vandenberg, how recent are these charts? They were made last year, before the appearance of whatever it is. That's right. I see. Mr. Spark, give us a report on life beneath the surface. Within range of our sensors, there is no life, other than the accountable human residents of this colony beneath the surface. Uh, at least, no life as we know it. We can't cover tunnel by tunnel on foot. We must get production going again. We must have that progeum. We could force another appearance of this creature. When that creature appears, men die. True. Possibly, Mr. Spock, our sensors can pick up normal life functions at a considerable distance. But what about abnormal life functions? Something's happening in the reactor room. Back to your stations. Look at that. I wouldn't touch it yet. An extremely active, corrosive. Traces may linger. Kirk, quickly! The main circulating pump for the entire reactor, it's gone. Same indication shown at the door, Captain. Very strong corrosive. Is there a replacement for 
Oh, none. It's outdated. Never had any trouble with it. Spot on board? Nothing for a device this antiquated, Captain. Without the pump mechanism, the reactor will go supercritical. It could poison half the planet. We can't shut it down. It provides heat and air and life support for the whole colony. Spock, we seem to have been given a choice. Death by asphyxiation. Death by radiation poisoning. Pergeum reactor? No, sir. We don't have any spare circulating pump for a thing like that. I haven't seen a PXK in 20 years. Can you rig one up? It's vital. Well, sir, I can put together some odds and ends, but uh, it won't hold for long. How long? 48 hours, maybe, with a bit of luck. 48 hours is better than nothing. Get together what you need and beam down here with it. Top priority. Aye, Captain. I'll be right down. Scott out. This is one of the reasons why Scotty is called a miracle worker. Gotcha. What happens when it breaks down? Hopefully we'll have found the missing part by then. Hopefully, small chance. We'll have to achieve the alternative is to evacuate all you people up to the Enterprise. A dozen planets depend on you for Pergeum for their reactor. They're already screaming. Reactor's closing down. Life support system. I'm concerned crazy. with my people right here, Kirk. They're being murdered. You find that monster and kill it. The missing pump was not taken by accident. It was the one piece of equipment absolutely essential to the operation of the reactor. Do you think the creature is trying to push the colonists off the planet? It would seem so. But why now, Mr. Spock? These production facilities have been in operation for over 50 years. I don't know. I do. There is a possibility. What's that? Life as we know it is universally based on some combination of carbon compounds. But what if life exists based on another element? For instance, silicon. You're creating fantasies, Mr. Spock. Unnecessarily, Bones. I've heard of the theoretical possibility of life based on silicon, but silicon-based life would be of an entirely different order. Possible that our phasers might not affect it. Certainly not phaser one, which is far less powerful than phaser two. So phaser one was the smallest, most basic weapon carried by Starfleet or uh, and other Federation personnel. Type one phaser typically carried when it wouldn't be would it would be inappropriate to carry a larger weapon, such as on a diplomatic mission or undercover work. The Type 1 phaser had eight adjustable settings, ranging from stun to heat through disruption and disintegration. The 23rd century Type 1 in use in the 2260s incorporated a small flip-up sight, TOS, um, several versions of the Type 2 phaser incorporated the Type 1 phaser into its design. And they have Type 2 phasers, they said. So the Type 2 phaser, or phase pistol, was a typical handheld directional energy phaser sidearm used by Starfleet and the United Federation of Planets during personnel during the 23rd and 24th and 29th centuries. More powerful and generically larger in size than the Type 1 phaser, Type 2 phasers were kept aboard Starfleet and Federation starships, star bases, 
space stations and at planetary facilities. Right. All right. How about this? A creature that lives deep in the planet below us, at home in solid rock. It seems to me that in order to survive, it would have to have some form of natural armor plating. It could explain much, especially since the colonists are armed only with phaser one. But our people have phaser number two, which I could adjust to be more effective against silicon. Silicon-based life is physiologically impossible, especially in an oxygen atmosphere. It may be, Doctor, that the creature can exist for brief periods in such an atmosphere before returning to its own environment. I still think you're imagining things. You may be right, Doctor, but at least there's something to go on. Mr. Spock, have Lieutenant Commander Giotto assemble the security troops and arm them with phaser number two. You make the proper adjustments. Recall that Vandenberg commented there were thousands of these at a lower level. The level which the machinery opened just prior to the first appearance of the creature. Do they tie in? I don't know. Speculate. I have already given Dr. McCoy sufficient cause for amusement. I would prefer to cogitate the possibilities for a time. A short time, Mr. Spock. We have very little. How's it going, Scotty? Well, sir, it's a plumber's nightmare, but it'll hold for a bit. It has to hold longer than a bit. Sorry, sir, that's about the best I can do. But I guarantee it's not good enough. Kirk here. Captain, security officers have gathered in Chief Vandenberg's office. I'll be right there, Kirk. Scotty, right heard on it. Kind words, tender loving care. Kisses, baby, it. Flatter it if you have to, but keep it going. I'll do what I can, sir. You will proceed from level to level, that checking out every foot of the You are searching for rock. some it sort is. of... You what? What is that purple? It's not a rock. The module? Or nodule? It's not a silicone nodule, right? No, it's actually a horta egg. Horta egg. Yes. Gotcha. It's got the little baby horta in it. Aw, little baby horta. Creature. It is highly resistant to phaser fire. The phasers will be set on maximum. And remember this, 50 people have died. I want no more deaths, except the bloody thing. The creature may or may not attack on sight. However, you must. It is vitally important that we get this installation back into production. Mr. Vanderberg, may I ask at which level you discovered the nodules of silicon? The 23rd, why? Commander Jodo. Take your detail, go directly to the 23rd level, start your search there. Aye, aye, sir. May I ask if you have reason to suspect this creature may be on that level? It's one of the possibilities we've discussed. So that gentleman at the end, the gray-haired guy, mm -hmm. that's in the red uniform, he, and, and, and please understand, 1966, actors were kind of hard to come by, especially when you had a good talent. He plays a higher up, higher than Kirk, an admiral or a commodore okay. in another episode. Gotcha. 
So I just wanted to let you know. I want your people to stay on the top level together and in a safe place. I don't know any safe place, Captain. The way that thing comes and goes. Well, gentlemen, you have your instructions. Let's get out. Chance to fire, Captain. It's only been a second since we heard him scream. Creature must still be around. as the eye can see. Our best machinery couldn't cut a tunnel like this. Not even with phasers. Indeed, Captain. I'm quite at a loss. Down. Disappeared. Astonishing that anything of that bulk could move so rapidly. These walls are hot. Indeed. This tunnel was cut within the last two minutes. You all right, Captain? Yes. Perfect. Did you see it, sir? Yes, we saw it. Where does the tunnel go, Mr. Readings indicate a maze of tunnels of this general category in that direction. Did you get a shot at it? Yes, we took a bite Approximation I could come to would be fibrous asbestos, a mineral cap. 
Then your guess was right? It seems so. Silicon-based. Summation. We are dealing with a silicon creature of the deep rocks, capable of moving through solid rock as easily as we move through the air. That would account for the tunnels. Correct. This creature's body secretes an extremely powerful corrosive. Powerful enough to dissolve the door of the reactor chamber. And it explains the murdered men. It's definitely phaser resistant. We had a weapon set for silicon and on full power. Yet we only damaged it. It still lives. You mean it's impossible to kill? No. no. So, if you look at where Spock's hand is on that... Okay. Notice how the foam rubber is like distorting the paint to where the paint's coming off of it? Okay. I just noticed that. Oh, well, it might require massed phasers. Or a single phaser with much longer contact. Commander, pass this on to your men. I can go back a little bit if you want. We knew it was a kill. Now it's wounded. Probably in pain, somewhere back there. There's nothing more dangerous than a wounded animal. It's not an animal. Commander Giotto. Instruct your men to concentrate the search in this sector. Remind them that the creature is wounded. Aye, aye. What is this? I've run a complete spherical check on all life forms, Captain. Radius 100 miles. I've located our men, all of them. And I've located one creature moving rapidly through native rock bearing 201. And that is all. One creature in 100 miles? Exactly. Captain, there are literally thousands these tunnels in this general area alone. Far too many to be cut by the one creature in an ordinary lifetime. Then we're dealing with more than one creature despite your tricorder readings. Or we have a creature with an extremely long lifespan. Or it is the last of a race of creatures which made these tunnels. If so, if it is the only survivor of a dead race, to kill it would be a crime against science. Mr. Spock. Our mission is to protect this colony. Get the Pergeum moving again. This is not a zoological expedition. Maintain a constant reading on the creature. If we have to, we'll use our phasers to cut our own tunnels. We'll try to surround it. I'm sorry, Mr. Spock. But I'm afraid the creature must die. I see no alternative myself, Captain. It merely seems a pity. Search team is gathering in the main tunnel. Good. So it is wounded, and therefore twice as dangerous. Stay in pairs. If you see it, concentrate your phaser fire at what appears to be its head. Concentrate it, maintain it. It is definitely resistant, but it can be hurt. If it can be hurt, it can be killed. Mr. Spark? Gentlemen, if you'll examine your charts, please. I last located the creature in the area marked Adage 26, moving at bearing 201. This particular group will move out beyond that area in all directions in an effort to surround it, possibly capture it. Your orders are shoot to kill. Protect yourself at all times. Commander Giotto, disperse your search parties. Aye, aye, sir. Lewis, Vincy, take him right out. Mr. Spock. I don't recall giving any such order. You did not, sir. I merely thought that if the opportunity arose... I will lose no more men. The creature will be killed on sight, and that's the end of it. Very well, sir. Mr. Spock. 
I want you to assist Scotty in maintaining that makeshift circulating pump. I, I beg your pardon, sir. You heard me. It's vital that we keep that reactor in operation. Your scientific knowledge is not needed there, sir. Mr. Scott has far more knowledge of nuclear reactors than I do. You're aware of that. Mr. Spark, you are second in command. This will be a dangerous hunt. Either one of us, by himself, is expendable. Both of us are not. Captain, there are approximately 100 of us engaged in this search against one creature. The odds against you and I both being killed are 2,228.7 to 1. 2,228. 2,000. 228. 228. 7 to 1. 1. Those are pretty good odds, Mr. Spock. And they are, of course, accurate, Captain. Of course. Well, I hate to use the word, but logically, with those kind of odds, you might as well stay. But please stay out of trouble, Mr. Spock. That is always my intention, Captain. <laughs> Kirk here. Scotty here, Captain. My brilliant improvisation just gave up the ghost. It couldn't stand the strain. Can you fix it again? Negative, Captain. It's gone for good. Start immediate evacuation of all colonists to the Enterprise. Not all of them, Captain. I and some of my key personnel are staying. We down to join you. We don't have enough phases for you. Then we use clubs. We're not being chased away from here. We're staying. Good. Get everybody else aboard the Enterprise. Fewer people we have breathing the air down here, the longer the rest of us will be able to hold out. How much longer, Scotty? The reactor will go supercritical in about 10 hours, sir. You have that long to find the mechanism. We'll do our best. Start feeding us constant status reports, Scotty. Vandenberg, you and your crew assemble at level 23, Checkpoint Tiger. Kirk out. Checkpoint Tiger. Team up with the Enterprise security personnel. They're better armed than you are. Keep someone in sight at all times. Vandenberg, take two men. Go through that tunnel there. Rendezvous with Commander Joe. Appel, the rest of the men go through there. Tie up with Lieutenant Osborne's detail. Mr. Spock and I will control the operation from a central point. That's all. Mr. Spock. Captain, we are being watched. Are you sure? Intuition? No, sir. We're being watched. readings within the hour in each of these tunnels. The chart says both these tunnels converge a few thousand yards further. You take the left, I'll take the right. Should we separate? Two tunnels, two of us. We separate.
spot? Yes, Captain. On the whole layer of these silicon nodules of yours. Hundreds of them. Indeed. find that most illuminating, Captain. Be absolutely certain you do not damage any of them. Explain. Only a theory I have. <laughs> I could phaser you out. No, 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 you better not. Any disturbance might bring down the rest of the wall. Besides, it is necessary. The charts said the tunnels meet further on. Very well. I find it extremely disquieting that your roof chose that particular moment to collapse. Please proceed with extreme caution. I shall quicken my pace. Very well, Mr. Spock. I'll meet you up similar to fibrous asbestos. Horta's psychology was very different from the carbon-based life forms, not more commonly found in the galaxy. Horta were difficult to detect with tricorders and were invulnerable to type 1 phasers, though they could be injured with an adjustment to type 2 phasers. They fed on rocks and thus were notorious or were nourished just by tunneling. Hortas tunneled through the rocks like he, most humanoids walk through air. Moving with an, the aid of an extremely corrosive acid, they left perfectly round tunnels in their wake. The acid was so corrosive that it only left fragments of bone and teeth if used on humans. Although Horta did not evolve in an oxygen environment, they seemed able to exist in it for extreme extended periods of time. So there you go. And they are well, and they have a long lifespan. Right. Kirk here. Yep. I've just read some fresh signs. 
creature is in this area. It'll take a life form reading. It's not necessary, Mr. Spock. I know exactly where the creature is. Where, Captain? Ten feet away from me. Kill it, Captain. Quickly. It's not making any threatening moves, Spock. You don't dare take the chance, Captain. Kill it. I thought you were the one that wanted kept alive. Captured, if possible. <laughs> Jim, your life is in danger. You can't take the risk. It seems to be waiting. I remind you, it is a proven killer. I'm on my way. Spock out. Well, what do we do? Just talk it over? They just turned and shouted, injury. Well, you can be hurt, can't you? You just sit here. It's your move. No, no, don't shoot. Ah! 
in waves of searing pain. It's in agony. Now this is what the horror is famous for. knowledge of us from its empathy with me. In my brief contact with the creature's mind, I discovered it as a highly intelligent, extremely sophisticated animal, in great pain, of course, because of its wound, but not reacting at all like a wounded creature. It calls itself a horta. A horta. A horta. Mr. Spock, we need that retardation mechanism. We must reestablish communications. Captain, it has no reason to give us the device, and apparently every reason for wishing us off this planet. Yes, I'm aware of that. If we could only win its confidence. Dr. McCoy, this is Captain Kirk. Yes, Captain. Grab your medical kit and come down here on the double. I've got a patient for you. Is somebody injured? What happened? Never mind. Just come down to the 23rd level. It'll be led to us by tricorder readings. Kirk out. Jim, I remind you, this is a silicon-based form of life. Dr. McCoy's medical knowledge will be totally useless. He's a healer, let him heal. He's a healer, let Spock, him heal. Spock, you must reestablish communications. I want to know why it suddenly took to murder. To obtain that kind of communication, Captain, it will be necessary to touch it. We've seen how the creature destroy it. Strike back! 
That's right, Lieutenant. Just beam it down to me immediately, and never mind what I want it for. I just want it. Now move. It is time. To sleep. It is over. Failure. The murderers have won. Death is welcome. Let it end. Here. Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock. 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 Come out of it. found the units in there it's in pretty good shape. And I also found about a million of these silicon nodules. They're eggs, aren't they? Yes, Captain. Eggs. And about to hatch. The eggs miners have, must have broken into the hatch. The miners have been destroyed. They're operations. Destroyed thousands. No wonder. There. They're coming. You've killed thousands of her children. What? Those round silicon nodules that you've been collecting and destroying? They're her eggs. Tell them, Mr. Spock. There have been many generations of Porta on this planet. Every 50,000 years, the entire race dies, all but one, like this one. But the eggs live. She cares for them, protects them. And when they hatch, she is the mother to them, thousands of them. This creature here is the mother of her race. The Horta is intelligent, peaceful, mild. She had no objection to sharing this planet with you until you broke into her nursery and started destroying her eggs. And she fought back in the only way she knew how, as any mother would fight. Right. When her children are in danger. We didn't know. How could we? You mean if these eggs hatch, there'll be thousands of those things crawling around down here? This is where they live. They digest rough. They tunnel for nourishment. And they are the most inoffensive of creatures. They harbor ill will toward no one. Oh, look, we have for Jim to deliver. Yes, I know. There's your circulating pump. You complain this planet is a mineralogical treasure house if you had the equipment to get at it. The Horta moves through rock the way we move through air, and it leaves tunnels. The greatest natural miners in the universe, it seems to me. We could make an agreement, reach a modus vivendi. They tunnel, you collect and process. And your process operation would be a thousand times more profitable. Money, the way for miners are. <laughs> Sounds all right if it'll work. Except for one thing. The 40 is badly wounded. 
It may die. It won't die. By golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. Can you help? Help that I cured it. Oh. Well, I had the ship beam down 100 pounds, that thermal concrete, you know, the kind we use to build emergency shelters out of? Mostly silicone. So I just crawled it into the wound, and it'll act like a bandage until it heals. Take a look. It's good as new. Well, Spock, I'm going to have to ask you to get in touch with the Horde again. Tell her our proposition. She and her children can do all the telling they want. Our people will remove the minerals, and each side will leave the other alone. You should go for it. It seems logical, Kev. The Horde has a very logical mind. And after close association with humans, I find that curiously refreshing. So the thermal concrete, McCoy did say that they use it for temp uh, emergency shelters. Right. It says here, it was a material compound or composed mainly of silicone used by Starfleet in the 23rd century in the construction of emergency shelters. In 2267, Dr. McCoy used 100 pounds of thermal concrete to bandage a wound on the silicone-based life form known as the Horda, which appeared to be white hot where it had been injured. Now, there is a little expletive here. It says, in James Blish's novelization of the episode in Star Trek, uh, in Star Trek IV, which was generally based more so on early draft scripts than final drafts states that McCoy only used 10 pounds of concrete. Well, he said 100, so 100 will go with. Exactly. Ship ready to leave orbit, Captain. Course laid in. Very good, Mr. Spock. Chief Engineer Vandenberg standing by on Channel 1. Fine. Yes, Chief. Kirk here. Just wanted to tell you the eggs have started to hatch, Captain. First thing the little devils do is start the tunnel. We've already hit huge new pergeum deposits. I'm afraid to tell you how much gold and platinum and rare earths we've uncovered. I'm delighted to hear that, Chief. Once Mother Horta tells her kids what to look for, you people are going to be embarrassingly rich. You know, the Horda aren't so bad once you get used to their appearance. Well, that's about it, Kirk. Thanks for everything. Our pleasure, Chief. Kirk out. Curious. What Chief Vandenberg said about the Horda is exactly what the mother Horda said to me. She found humanoid appearance revolting, but she thought she could get used to it. Oh, she did, did she? <laughs> now, tell me, did she happen to make any comment about those ears? Not specifically. But I did get the distinct impression she found them the most attractive human characteristic of all. I didn't have the heart to tell her that only I have... She really liked those ears? Captain, the Horda is a remarkably intelligent and sensitive creature with impeccable taste. Because she approved of you? Really, Captain, my modesty... Does not bear close examination, Mr. Spark. I suspect you're becoming more and more human all the time. <laughs> Captain, I see no reason to stand here and be insulted. Well, you insulted them earlier, Spock. Come on. Ahead, walk back to two. So, Vicky, that was season two, uh, season one, sorry, episode 25, The Devil in the Dark. So what do you think of this one? 
I like it. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, where do you put this bad boy? I did give this one a nine. Wow, you're getting up there. Because it was funny and great. Well, I have to give this one a ten because it does give us a, little, a lot of insight into what powers a lot of places. What? What? Um, so, who do you think this episode hinged on? The work that. Yes. Her. Right. Spocky. Yep, B was important. Bulls. Right, definitely Spock. important. Yep. The Miners. Okay. Okay. So, I also have to give it to the security guards. Because they were there. Alright. I also... Let's see, who else did I go to? No, that's pretty much it. Okay. So, is there anything you noticed at all? So when they phasered off the piece of the Horta, did you notice that it was so undulating? No. Oh yes. Oh yes. Even in the original unremastered series, it was undulating. But what I never noticed until this, ep this time we watched it, when Kirk and Spock hold that piece of the Horta, where the red, like, kind of lava-looking spots are, the paint was cracking and showing the white foam rubber underneath. Oh, I did not notice that. I didn't notice it until this watch of it. Or else I would have said something prior to it. So, I guess if there's, any, if there's nothing else, would you like to tell everybody where they can find us? You can find us on Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Republic Radio, I'm getting to my list, Stitcher, Breaker, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Where it all began. Okay. What else? Oh, you can contact us at Vicky's Adventures in the Star Trek at gmail.com or Facebook. Vicky's Adventures in the Star Trek. And where can they find a shirt? You mean like the lovely one I'm wearing? Yes. Why don't you tell them? www.vickystartrek.com Very correct. So, I guess if there's nothing else, until next yep. week, I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And we'll catch you in the next mission. Bye!